You're listening to Nightlight. Hi, and welcome to Nightlight. Well, it's always a blessing to have Melvin on the show. Teacher Melvin, as he's fondly called here in Uganda and East Africa, where over recent years he's made a number of mission trips and taught the Bible in numerous churches, fellowships, youth groups, universities, village communities, you name it. And he's back with us on Nightlight to teach us a class on what Paul referred to in Ephesians and elsewhere in the New Testament as the mystery of Christ. It's a powerful class, one of my favorites from Melvin so far. So, if you want to get your Bibles, then you'll have time to do so as we enjoy this first song from Al Pratt.
that's Al Pratt listening to the call of a different, distant drummer, which is what our guest on Nightlight today, Melvin Joseph, did when he listened to the different, distant drummer who called him to come to Uganda and East Africa on mission trips from his home in the U.S. to teach the Bible. And this time, while he's been here, I've been able to film 10 of his classes, which you'll be able to see on YouTube. And I'll tell you more about that later. We have a guest tonight on Nightlight. Melvin, nice to have you back. I really enjoyed your last two classes on recent shows about the new creation, but you were telling me that you still have more that you'd like to share. Oh, yes, Simon, thank you for having me back. Uh, yes, there's a few more things that I would love to share on, um, on this program. That is, uh, there's a mystery that Paul has been talking in the Bible uh, he's trying to explain to us how this mystery that was hidden from ages mm. has been revealed to us in the New Testament. When I started reading about this word mystery, I was so excited because as a kid, I loved mysteries. I read uh, mystery books and everything that was intriguing and uh, something that was like a suspense. I always uh, enjoyed reading it. I wasn't one for reading, you know, kind of slow stories or romantic movies and stories, but I like something like a mystery movie or a mystery book. So when I started reading about this mystery that Paul was talking about, I was all excited. And I added that to the part of this new creation because uh, it goes along with the same topic of uh, walking in the new creation. So Simon, let's go to uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 3. It says, How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words. Okay, so Paul was talking about how this mystery was revealed to him by a revelation. Now, a couple of times Paul talks about how he did not go to Peter, did not go to the disciples to learn from them, but God had chosen him to give him new revelations. Mm directly through Jesus Christ. And so here Paul is talking about how this was given to him by revelation. Read the next one, Sam. Whereby, when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Okay, so Paul is talking about that in the ages past, it was not revealed. So from the time Adam was created all the way up to Paul's time, when Paul got this revelation, God had hid that mystery uh, from everyone. So Moses, uh, Elijah, Daniel, who God gave so many prophecies about the times that we are living in, and also the kingdoms that came after Daniel was in the kingdom of Babylon. So many mysteries were given out and prophecies, but this mystery was hidden from everybody, and it was given to Paul. Seven, read the next. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Christ Jesus. Oh, wow, that is, that is so exciting. So even though Paul, he's confessing that he's not better than the other apostles or the saints, but God had given him this, this special grace that he should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. See, the whole seminar we've been talking about the new creation, and like as we read in Ephesians and different places, the Holy Spirit is given to us to know this unsearchable riches of Christ. And so Paul was saying that it was given to him to preach among the Gentiles this unsearchable riches of Christ. And the goal is to make all men see 
what is the fellowship of this mystery that was hidden from the beginning. And so this time, Simon, when I came, that's exactly what the Lord told me to do. Of course, I taught on end time and marriage and a few other topics uh, here and there. But the main thing God wanted me to teach was this one. And here Paul says, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. And so for me, I'm excited. We're going to go find out what this mystery is in Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. It says, even the mystery, which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay, so this message or this mystery that was hid from the beginning is now revealed to us. Of course, it was revealed to Paul. Paul keeps repeating that in both these books, in Colossians as well as in uh, Ephesians, that this mystery is Christ in us, the hope of glory. In the Old Testament, Simon, we know that the prophets did not have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit living there. The idea about a son wasn't really there. It was more about the Father. Of course, the Holy Spirit was given to leaders and prophets and judges or kings to be able to do the work that God wanted them to do and also be you know, a channel to the people to give them what God was. Uh, but the mystery that was hid is that the day is coming when all of this knowledge, all of this Godhead is going to be in us. Christ in us is this mystery that was revealed. But sometimes, Simon, it's really sad because instead of depending and living by Christ in us, we are still trying to search for Christ. Of course, we have the knowledge of Christ, but the things that Christ has already given us, we are trying to search by our good works and to find it. But here it says that Paul's mission was to let all men see the riches that God has given us, the unsearchable uh, riches. And here it talks again that to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in us. So God made this known to his saints. Of course, saints, not like what some people think that, you know, we are holy and we did some holy things. And so now people give us the title that, okay, we have become a saint. Like especially in the Catholic Church, you know, like Mother Teresa after many, I think a year or so after she died, they finally gave her the title that now she is, she's a saint. But the New Testament talks about believers being the saint. And so this mystery that was hidden is revealed to us. Simon, I read this verse so many times. I have gone through the scriptures, but I had not gotten the revelation that this mystery is basically the new creation. And if you look at another verse here, Ephesians 3, verse 19 and 20. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Okay, and so uh, what we're talking about is this mystery, is that Jesus is in us. Once we start from that, we know in the New Testament, Jesus already said that, that the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. And then Jesus said John the Baptist was greater than any prophet that was born of a woman. And so John the Baptist was greater than all of the other prophets because of the message that he carried and he saw Jesus Christ. But then Jesus says the one who's least in the kingdom of God, not the ones, you know, not just the teachers or pastors, but anyone who received Christ and born again have become a child of God. The Bible says we are greater than all of them. And the, the way we are greater is because of this mystery. Because we have the Father, the Son and Christ in us. And now we are endured with power from on high. We have so much power. Ephesians talks about it. Mm. It talks about it that, you know, when your eye of your understanding is enlightened, you will know the great power that God has towards us. Mm. And so this mystery is for me so exciting, Simon, because now I know I've been given this great power. Mm. In a way, we are greater than all of those prophets. But the thing is, the sad thing is that because we don't have this knowledge, 
And because our mind is not renewed, we walk around as natural Christians, not expecting anything in the supernatural. And see, so this message about the mystery is how you can be a supernatural Christian. Mm. Because everything that you need is in us. In another part of the uh, New Testament, the Bible talks about, I mean, as he is, so are we in this life. As Jesus Christ is, so are we in this life. Because we have this mystery revealed to us and we have Jesus living inside of us. And so we have no excuse for not doing the things that God expects us to do. Like uh, Jesus said, uh, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. See, sometimes people read that and try to spiritualize it because we want to find an excuse of not wanting to do those things because we think those things are passed away. It was just for the disciples. But Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that he that believeth on me, not just for the disciples, believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall I do because I go to my Father. And so this mystery that is being solved here, Simon, is that Jesus had transferred all that power into us. But because we are walking in the natural, we are walking by sight and not by faith. Because we are living by the natural world, we are not able to experience this mystery that God has given us, that Christ in us is our hope and our glory. And for me, I'm not saying that I'm walking in those miracles yet, but I'm seeing more and more of that as I believe it. And my goal every day is, God, what is it that you want me to do today? And I want to step into that anointing and birthright and inheritance that Jesus has given me. Can you imagine if we all start believing that instead of saying, no, that was for Jesus. No, but the same Jesus who did those miracles are living in us. And there are people that are, that are living like that. There are pastors and, you know, in America and different parts of the world who are actually stepping out and living as a supernatural Christian, a supernatural being than just being natural. But uh, Simon, to understand this mystery, the more we think with human mind, because, you know, as soon as we say, oh, I'm just human, you know, oh, yes, I have this problem. I think this way because I'm just human. Yes, I'm depressed because I'm human. I hold bitterness because I'm normal like everybody else, but we are not normal like everybody else. See, we have been given this power. We've been given, we've been given place to be seated with Jesus in heavenly places. And so, in a way, God has provided everything that we need to live a supernatural life. Not just, you know, knowing God through going to church on Sunday or just spending some time with Him or just, you know, casting our burdens on Him. All those things are there. What Paul is saying is this is the mystery that has been hid. All the prophets were dreaming of living this time. Of course, it's the end time. And I believe with all my heart that God wants us to practice and to believe this message because in the end time when the Antichrist come, you can't live a natural life because a natural life is going to be dictated to us by the Antichrist. See? the mark of the 666, the world system, the financial system is all going to be changed. And so as Christians, we need to start getting an act together and start believing these verses and start living like we have Christ in us. And so when the end time, when the Antichrist comes to power, we will be doing exploits, as it talks in Daniel, I think it's in chapter 11. They that know their God shall do exploits. Now, the word know is not just a mental acceptance or mental knowledge of God. It's actually experimental knowledge, a knowledge that you having a relationship with Christ is an intimate relationship. This is what it is. It is Christ in us, the hope of glory. So for me, I know sooner or later the Antichrist is going to come to power. We are going to go through the tribulation. And so I need to start practicing and living as a supernatural Christian and expect God to supply my needs, expect God to heal my body, expect God to all those things that Jesus, Jesus died to supply all of those things to us. It's our responsibility. We can't die and go to heaven and say, God, I didn't have any power. God is going to take us back to the scriptures and say, no, all power 
was given to you when you believed in me. But again, you know, we can live as a child for the rest of our life and not really grow up to be that supernatural Christian that God wants us to live. And so for me, I'm teaching this mystery wherever I go, Simon, because for me, it's so exciting to help people understand that, hey, you're not just normal human beings, you're supernatural beings in a normal body. And the more you think supernaturally according to the Word of God, even your natural life will start becoming supernatural. Just like Paul lived, or Peter lived, or Jesus lived. That's the level that God wants us to live. But we excuse ourselves by saying, oh, I'm not Paul, I'm not this. But Paul is saying, I'm the least of all these saints. I'm just like you. But see, people don't like a challenge when it comes to this. Because this means now you're going to take time daily to sit and study God's Word and to get your mind renewed. But see, that's a part that people are not willing to take because a natural man is always pulling us down to the natural world and the natural laws and the natural manifestations through works and through this and that. But praise God, thank God for Paul for willing to have the faith and the grace to receive this mystery, which is Christ in us.
That's Richard Hansen singing a powerful Michael Dooley composition, Invincible. Goes along nicely with what we're studying today with teacher Melvin, who's having us take a closer look at what Paul is talking about in Ephesians and Colossians about the mystery of Christ. A soundbite with Nightlight. Nightlight. All right, so back to Ephesians 3, 19 and 20. And it says, And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Okay, so, uh, Simon, the scripture is so clear. It says, And to know the love of Christ. Now, I've been meditating on this verse on a daily basis. I've been thinking, God, what is it that I don't know more about Christ? It says here, and to know the love of Christ that passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God himself. And so the condition here is that to be filled with all the fullness of God himself, you have to know the love of Christ. Of course, it's not for the natural man. It's not for the natural mind. Of course, the love of Christ uh, part of the love of Christ is also to know all that he's provided for us freely, which the Spirit teaches us and helps us to understand. Now, of course, as a Christian, as a child of God, I want to be filled with all the fullness of, of God. Now, here there is no works. He's not talking about anything that you are doing, you know, to earn or to receive this fullness. It is all about knowing the love of God or love of Christ. And I know in my heart, I know God loves me. Jesus loves me. I know I love him. But there is something greater than that, just knowing that I love Christ. But to go to the other extreme and start finding out, God, what is it that I'm missing? And when I started meditating on it, God took me back to the new creation. And he said, here, you know, you see the love of Christ, what he did for you. He died on the cross, you know, he went through that. You know, sometimes when we watch movies like, you know, The Passion of Christ or things like that, we see how much Jesus suffered. And so we start crying and we start saying, oh God, Jesus, you know, how much you suffered for me and you went through all of these things for me. But then we are not asking him to help us benefit from all that he went through. You see, his body was stripped and beaten. Of course, you know, usually when the Jews whip somebody, it has, to, it has to be less than 40 times. It can't go over 40 because then they get in trouble. So it has to be at least 39. <laughs> and so that was like, each of those were like, I think they had like nine uh, leather straps with nails and all kinds of things. And, you know, his body was stripped and beaten to a pulp. And we cry about it you understand? We thank God, for, but why are we not availing why that was done to us? I mean, to Jesus Christ, so that we, through his body, might be healed. See, if to be filled with the fullness of God means that your natural body also will be healed. In uh, Romans 8, uh, chapter, I mean, chapter 8, verse 11, God says, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. And if he dwells in us, the Spirit will quicken our natural or mortal bodies through Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus had to pay for our healing, and then the Holy Spirit delivers it to us. See, it's not the Holy Spirit that paid for it. It was Jesus whose body was broken. See, Jesus had to pay for all of these things, but the Spirit makes it available to us when we connect to, to the spirit world through the faith that we have in his word. Here it says, and to know the love of Christ with passes knowledge that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. See, although also we are created in true holiness and righteousness and all the fullness is there, the reason it says might is because we have to learn to know the love of Christ. And once as we learn the love of Christ, okay, what has he done for me? Not just a general relationship but also knowing that he's done this, 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 and this. You know, like our children, 
even though they love us, once they know what we're giving them, you understand, you know, when we come back from work or something, for them, they learn to know the love manifesting in the physical by we giving them something. You understand? And so the love of Christ is also, I'm not uh, saying that's how it works, but even as children, we look forward to the gifts that our parents gives us, or our uncles or aunties. God has given us this. And so that is the love. And once we get it, then I know that we'll be filled with all the fullness of God. I don't think there's one Christian there who doesn't want to be filled with all the fullness of God. You're walking like little Jesuses in this world. Now verse 20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Most of the time, Simon, we stop right there. I memorized this many times. I would quote it when my friends said, Jesus, you said that you're going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think. But then we forget the next part of the verse, which says, according to the power that worketh in us. See, God has given us exceeding great power. We already read that in Ephesians. As a new creature, we are given that. But that power has to work. In our hearts, we have to understand what is given to us. And when that is activated through the Spirit, to the degree that is activated, you will see the first part of that verse being fulfilled. Now, God is saying not even just asking. Even when you think, it is going to be given to us. But see, we just pray and say, God, you told us that he's going to give us exceeding great, all of these things. But there's a condition attached to that. And that is we have to learn how to let this power that is given to us to start working in us. Even the healing is given to us. The reason it's not manifesting in our daily life is because of the lack of knowledge that through his body, Every single person in this world who is sick can receive healing for themselves if they believe in Jesus Christ and if they have that knowledge. The Spirit is waiting to, to bring our body to healing. But if you don't have the knowledge and we are asking God, God, please heal me. When God says, look, my son already paid for your healing and I've given you the Spirit so that the Spirit can now you understand, help that healing to manifest. But it all works by how much you allow the power of God to work in us. Mm -hmm. See, again, that's a, that's a part that we have to play. But, you know, sometimes we just run to this person and that person and we want them to lay hands on us and for us to be healed or for us to, uh, you know, walk in newness of life. Yes, they can pray for us. But the Bible is very clear. You have to acquire that knowledge. You have to get that knowledge. And once you get it, now you start walking in that new creation that God wants us to walk. Inspiring you to draw closer to God. You're listening to Nightlight. Galatians 6.15 says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. So Paul is uh, going a bit further and saying that, hey, uh, if you are in Christ Jesus, then all these rules and regulations, or you have to be circumcised, or you have to do this, you have to, you know, availeth nothing. So you want to get circumcised, you got circumcised. If you're not circumcised, but that doesn't profit you anything. What profits us is the new creature or the new creation. And so if that is not taught extensively, what happens is everything else that we do doesn't avail anything. In Christ Jesus, if you're not in Christ Jesus, then you might be, you know, doing some of these things. But once you are in Christ, then the most important thing is that mystery, Simon, that was revealed. And that mystery is Christ in us. And so, you know, of course, as you live a human life, you live on this earth and you're part of a church, yes, there are some rules and regulations that you probably have to follow. But it is more for the, 
for the congregation to work and operate freely, you know, and efficiently. It's not for anything that God has done for us. And so again, you know, uh, when people talk about fasting, the, the idea of Christians living today is that by fasting, you are going to get something from God. And the more I fast, I'm going to get something. The more I do this, I'm going to get something. Now again, you know, I'm not against fasting. And fasting is, you know, the New Testament is different because fasting is that you're spending time with Christ. You're praying and you're, you're ministering unto Christ. And so you're taking some time off from other activities. But most people who fast, they just stop eating food. So they think by sacrificing, God is going to be moved and he's going to give them something that they've been praying for a long time. And most of the time it doesn't even happen like that. They don't get what they're praying for mm. because they're going about it through a prayer of unbelief. There is a prayer of faith and there's a prayer of unbelief. Now when we pray in the New Testament through unbelief, we are not going to be receiving anything because a prayer of faith is what works in the New Testament. It's not begging and pleading and trying to get God to move. Of course, they use the parable that uh, Jesus gave about the unjust judge. You know, he was sleeping and somebody came and started asking him for stuff and he didn't want to give them and he wanted to send them away. But because they were persistent, they kept on asking. He finally got up and said, oh, here it is. Take it and leave. Don't disturb me anymore. But see, uh, Christians use that as an example, saying that if we keep begging and begging, God will finally give it to us. Jesus was not comparing God to an unjust judge. Because in Luke, he talked about if you, then being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give things to you Really, so every time God, com I mean, Jesus compared God with uh, human beings, God was more, was more in the superlative, like, hey, if you guys can do this, how much more is God going to do? So when we compare God with the unjust judge and say, if we keep begging and begging and begging, then God will finally give it to us. No, Jesus said that your father knows what you need even before you ask him. And all these things shall be added onto you. In Romans 8, 32, it says, If God did not hesitate to give his son to you freely, how much more shall he not give you, you understand, all things for free? See, it's clear that God's will for his children is to have everything for free. But of course, we need to use our faith to be able to receive it. So we pray all kinds of unbelief prayers. You know, sometimes in the church they're praying, God, please bring down the Holy Spirit from heaven. But see, that's a prayer of unbelief. The Holy Spirit is sealed, is inside of us. Now, yes, we can pray, God, please help thy spirit to speak through us or help thy spirit to manifest in our service or in our life. But see, that's a prayer of life. We are acknowledging that God's word says that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Another manifestation, yes, we need help with. <laughs> But we, you know, I don't go and pray, God, please drop your Holy Spirit like in the day of Pentecost. No, it is already done. So prayer of faith versus prayer of unbelief. So when we start looking at our prayer life, I've been doing that a lot. I'm saying, Lord, am I praying with faith or am I praying like the Old Testament people still begging God to give them something? In the New Testament, you have boldness to enter into his presence and you can ask him anything that you want. Just like a, a son would try to ask the father, he has hope, he has faith that my father will give it to me. But as a new Christian and as a born-again child of God, none of those things are very much but a new creation. The more we think, meditate, talk, confess with our mouth that I am a new creation, all these things start manifesting in our life. So I guess that I just have 
want to grow as you've shown me I must I want to become all you're dreaming I'll be So I guess that I'll just have to trust you Jerry Palladino's album, More Like You. Nightlight's interview of the week is with teacher Melvin, Melvin Joseph, who is with us in the studio. Back to you, Melvin. Okay, so Simon, once we start realizing that there is so much goodness, power, riches, everything in, in the new creation, it motivates us to be able to want to study the scriptures and want to uh, get our mind renewed. But the the sad thing is, after we know this knowledge, we still sometimes walk. The Bible talks about walking as, you know, as the Gentiles walk. Mm. So here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, it says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that he henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind. Okay, so, I mean, we talked about this verse before on radio and also uh, on this recording, but the sad thing is once we are, we are new creation, we are new creatures, we are new species, we are supernatural Christians, now, you know, the Bible teaches us not to walk as the Gentiles walk. Now, again, people might say, oh, Gentiles means they're doing this, they're doing the bad things, they're doing all these other things. And so we excuse ourselves and think, oh, I'm not doing those things, so I'm okay. But here Paul is saying, how do they walk? According to the vanity of their mind. See, in the New Testament, Simon, it's all about the mind. See, your lifestyle is based on your mindset. You know, your happiness, your joy is based on you know, if you're being carnally minded or you're being spiritually minded. 
See, everything has to, it comes back to the mind. All the blessings that God has given us comes to us through the renewal of our mind. Transformation comes to the renewal of our mind so that we may know what is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. See, everything is coming through the mind. And what does mind need? Mind needs information. Mind needs knowledge. See, every second of a day, we having some kind of a knowledge coming into us. And most of the time, it is through the world. Now, many people in the morning when they wake up, the first thing they do is they go get the newspaper, <laughs> you know, and they sit on the toilet or, you know, somewhere out sipping coffee or tea, and they just go through this whole knowledge of this world. Yes, we need to read the newspaper to keep up with things, but the first thing we do is we are taking this knowledge of this world, and most of the time it is negative, most of the time it is bad news. And for like 10 or 15 minutes, we soak our minds with this knowledge. And so then we walk as the Gentiles walk. Walk like someone that is not saved, someone that is not a new creation. But Paul is saying, do not walk like that. But see the next verse, it says, Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And so again, you know, Paul is talking again about ignorance. And in the other parts, he's talking about if we have the knowledge of God, grace and peace is multiplied. Through the knowledge, you know, we receive all of those things. So Bible is talking about the knowledge and how we receive all of that through the good knowledge. But if you're ignorant of the good knowledge, Paul is saying your understanding can be darkened. So we can be born again, we are a child of God, but the understanding can still be dark because we are going by the world's knowledge. And so instead of living by faith, the sight, our five senses, is constantly working over time to keep us as a Gentile or keep us walking in the vanity of our mind. Yes, we think about God once in a while, we go to church, we read the Bible once in a while, but to get our mind renewed, we have to to get our understanding enlightened. Because in the other Ephesians is talking about, you know, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. But here it's talking about the understanding being darkened. So even though we are born again, our understanding of certain knowledge that God wants us to have can be darkened. And when that happens, we get alienated from the life of God. It's not talking about we are separated from God because we will never be separated from the love of God. But alienation means you're not experiencing the life in abundance that Jesus died for us to have. See, you're, you're, you're alienated means you're, you're separated from the life of God. And that life is a life in abundance that is peace, joy, healing, all of those things because we are walking carnally minded. See, anyone who walks spiritually minded will have peace and will have life. And that mind the Bible talks about is a sound mind or a mind that is at rest. In Hebrews 4, it talks about, you know, he, they that believed have entered into his rest and have ceased from his own works. See, that only comes when we understand this, that we don't want to walk. Now, of course, you might have some bad habits. You might have some addictions or something that you're working so hard or trying, praying so hard to get over with. I mean, it's important to do that. But there's two ways to live, Simon, the Christian life. One is to live with self-control and discipline, which most human beings in the world have to use in order to overcome something. But if you're going to live by the nature of God that changes your nature, that those addictions is not going to attract you anymore because the nature has changed. And this is what Paul is talking about, is that once you start walking in the spiritual mind and not carnally minded, you're spiritually minded, your mind is no more darkened. Your mind is enlightened. And now all of these things, uh, Simon, that we are talking about in the new creation that is given to us freely starts manifesting into our life. Uh, the Bible talks about because of the blindness of the heart. See, in a heart, we are blind to what God has already provided. The good knowledge that Christ has given us. So only thing that we have is the knowledge that the world can give us. 
And so when you read in the newspaper, oh, the currency or the, you know, the finances of your country is going down, is being devalued, what happens is we start thinking along those lines. Oh, no, we're going to lose money now. Oh, we need to do this with the business. No, that is the world's knowledge. But God's knowledge says, my God shall supply all your needs. God's income or God's way of supplying is not based on how the world economy is going or how your country's economy is going. It has nothing to do with it. But once you get that knowledge and know, no, my God, you will not fear. When you see in the newspaper, say, hey, I don't belong to that part because my God is the one who supplies. And see, now your mind is being renewed to the truth. Otherwise, everything that you read, hear, or see on TV or newspaper is going to mess you up. It's going to bring some kind of fear or worry or anxiety into your life. And so this new creation, as a new creation, one of the things that we have to watch out is that we are not walking as to the normal Christians or as the Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. But we need to get our mind renewed and be able to experience all that Jesus died for us. Nightlight. You're listening to an international edition of Nightlight, shining God's love light to the world. And so, Simon, to wrap it up, <laughs> uh, the key points is that we have to get those scriptures that is talking about the new creation. Write it down, put it on your phone, highlight it on your phone if you have a Bible, and start going through it every day. Even if you read it 15 times a day, you know, your natural mind will say, oh, you know it. But just read it and meditate on it. God, how does this apply to me? You understand? And as you see and as you read those scriptures and as you meditate, the spirit of your mind will start getting renewed. And once it happens, the new man starts being put on, you start receiving the new man and you start putting it on. But there is work to do. It's not just automatically going to happen. We have to do a part. We have to get rid of the strongholds in our mind. Now, some of the strongholds are religion. Some of the strongholds are things that we were taught and we believed throughout our Christian life. And they have become strongholds. But the Word of God, the Bible says, you know, He's given us a weapon to tear them down. And then, now, you have to cast down, <laughs> you understand, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And you have to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's how you get your mind renewed. You have to cast out the thoughts that we don't want in our new created spirit and our new created body. We want the Word of God, and so we bring it obedience of God's Word. And as you do that, you will see that we are more and more thinking and living supernaturally than as natural Christians. Now, natural Christians, when I say that, means Christians that are mainly walking by sight. And all of our thoughts are programmed and are continued to be programmed by this world and by the media. So we want to walk as a supernatural creation that God has given us. Mm -hmm. And it takes work. Now, this is not works to, to get saved, but this is work to study God's Word. Mm -hmm. It's work to put on the new man. It is work to understand and to know everything that Christ has died for us to receive. And Paul said everything else doesn't avail so much. This is what it is. It's called the new creation. Inspiring you to love and serve Jesus more. You're listening Melvin, our time is just Light. about up. Any very, very last words? Yes, uh, I guess as Paul prayed, my prayer is the same, that you will understand and see the mystery that is revealed through Paul to all of us who are saints. And that is a new creation and that is Christ in us. And the more we focus on that truth, the truth starts bringing everything that we need for the new creation, which is already created. And so now we will be able to enjoy what God has given us freely through the Holy Spirit. It's going to be manifested into our life. Everyone out there, please 
take time to get your mind renewed on this topic. Otherwise, it's just information that comes into your head and into your natural mind, and after two days, it's going to be lost. So now, as you meditate on it, the spirit of your mind will be renewed, and I believe with all of my heart that as you do it, this new creation is going to benefit you, it's going to start manifesting, and you'll see all those sins and all those things you've been trying so hard to fight will automatically start fading away as the new creation and the nature of God starts working in you. So God bless you and thank you for listening. So many excuses that I try to make Don't want to make anymore So many easy roads I thought I could take Only left me more lost than before Lord, it's come to the point where I want nothing less Than the best that you have for me So take hold of my life, make it your own Help me become everything that you want me to Take over my heart, make it your Tears cried in vain So many promises that didn't run deep Lord, I don't want to go there again That's why this time it has to be you And I'm trusting your strength to come through So take hold of my Thanks once again to Melvin, and I'll be letting you know very shortly where you can view 10 of his classes on YouTube. God bless you all. I'll be back again next time for another edition of Nightlight. Bye bye. Take hold of my life, make it your own. Help me become everything that you want me to. Take over my heart, make it your throne.